ECA is proud to bring you this podcast series, Access, Participation and Positive Outcomes, Inclusion in Early Childhood. This series is co-hosted by Janet Williams-Smith, ECA's General Manager for Inclusion, and myself, Shay Halen, ECA's General Manager for Professional Learning, featuring subject matter expert guests. Together, we will draw on our experiences and professional perspectives on some of the key obstacles educators face around embedding inclusion in the early childhood education and care sector. Through sharing insights and drawing on stories of lived experiences, we hope this podcast will assist you in feeling more confident to develop inclusive strategies and support a strong community rich with diversity. Early Childhood Australia acknowledges the traditional owners of the lands, rivers and seas upon which we walk, work and live. We pay our respect to Elders past, present and emerging. We also acknowledge that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people have been nurturing and teaching children on country for many thousands of years. We respect and honour that history and we seek to walk together into the future. I'm delighted to welcome Nicole to this podcast that we're recording on inclusion and this particular episode is about exclusions and barriers to inclusion so thank you Nicole for joining us. What we'd like to talk to you about today is looking at some of the barriers to inclusion in early childhood education and care settings and maybe ask you to draw on some of your experiences in the number of roles that you've held in this sector to talk maybe do a bit of a deep dive on some of those barriers to inclusion for children that could help the people that might be listening to this podcast consider building into their practice. That would be useful and helpful. But first of all, Nicole, could I just ask you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about where you've come from and your history and career in the sector of early childhood? Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I have been in the education and care sector for uh, it's almost 30 years, but let's just say more than 20 My initial experience was working directly with children in preschool environments and early learning centres, both community-based and privately owned. And then I moved on to vacation care and supervising students who were undertaking tertiary degrees. What I really enjoyed in parts of my career was or is the time I spent in local government. So I had an opportunity to work in all different municipalities, which I think is probably what's going to compile some of my information for you today. My latter time in the sector has been time at Gowrie Victoria, and I have been an independent consultant now for 20 years and I spend quite a bit of time in all different service types but I also support services through Saman and Slattery. I've recently become a reconciliation ambassador for AJEX and most recently a member of the ECA VIC committee. So I'm going to utilise that range of experience to be able to talk about some really specific things that we can do to better include the diverse society that we actually have. And I think probably one of the most important things I think to consider is not just thinking about children and families once they arrive at the service. I think we live in such a tech-savvy world. It's really important that we are really mindful of the inclusiveness and the welcome 
that we can give to people who might be starting to think about the education and care services in their local area. I think what's really valuable is that people who are responsible for websites and open day boards and information in local community hubs, I think it's really important to make sure that you consider who your potential families might be. They may not actually turn up on your doorstep for a tour. So we need to be really mindful of what message of welcome we are providing in those indirect means of communication. Thank you for the introduction. And from some of the things that you've been saying already, Nicole, I can feel there's some really good opportunities to identify some of those barriers. I wonder if you might be able to elaborate for us on some of those very initial barriers to inclusion for children in relation to accessing and participating in early childhood services and maybe what some of our educators and people in the services could do to face some of those barriers of inclusion for families and children. Yes, absolutely, Janet. You're exactly right. We need to think very carefully about that first port of call and when we're trying to actually gather information to better support families, there could be an instant exclusion if a family is sent forms over the internet or by post and they are trying to fill in an enrolment form to actually register it at the service and already they're excluded by the options on that form. So recently, it's a time of year at the end of the year where services are really looking carefully about their forms and their documentation and their information packs. But what I always say to people is don't wait until the end of the year. Constantly review that information to make sure that you keep it contextual to the possible families that are out there that may be really willing and wanting to come to your service. So perfect example is relook at your enrolment form. Do you have the option for people to write down pronouns? And simply by not having that on the form, they may not feel as though they can communicate as authentically and freely with you because they haven't been given this opportunity. What about a child that is coming to your service and the family arrive and say, well, our preference is that our child, until they decide, will be gender neutral until they indicate otherwise? Would you be prepared to be able to actively and responsively support that family? And is there an option for that on your enrolment forms? Look, and Nicole, that's a really important point that you make there about our first contact with families, such as with the enrolment form, and how we give them an opening to really tell us about their family and about their child. For instance, is this child's main caregiver a grandparent? as opposed to a birth parent? Is this child in the care of their biological family or somebody else? How are we opening those conversations to make all kinds of families and every child feel included? Absolutely. There is an absolute need to ensure that our forms, our enrolment forms, our get-to-know-you forms are very open-ended and allow for dynamics of families to feel connected and we are embracing all different 
family dynamics and the forms and the get-to-know-you information needs to not restrict the options for children and families. Thank you, Nicole. I'm really interested in what you're saying. And I think it brings me to one of the principles around inclusion, and it speaks very directly to some of the barriers to inclusion, is around the difference between equity and equality. And that notion that some children and families need different things. And we need to move away from the notion that all children need the same. They don't. And what you're talking about is children that might need different things to say most children or some children. And us being able to apply a differential lens and a notion of equality and equity to the work that we do. I wonder if you could talk a little bit about that for us. Absolutely, Janet. Focusing and having a greater lens to determine families that may be considered vulnerable or marginalised is so important. And we know that these children and families do need greater focus And so when we explore that notion of equality and equity, I think we do need to highlight the difference there. I think many education and care services trying to be very equal in the information that they provide, in the attention they provide, in the focus and time they dedicate to families throughout their journey. But what we do know is that marginalised families do need greater time and attention and support because we know that those children are at greater risk of abuse and health and many other circumstances that can impact their life in a negative way. So we need to support them more greatly to thrive. This means that when we are looking or we're driving equity What we are actually doing is working out what engagement and what tools and what resources will suit the individual family to enable them to achieve and thrive in your environment. And that means that we're not only recognising and acknowledging individual diverse circumstances, we are going out of our way to support and champion these children and families. That's great. Thank you so much, Nicole. I think it's a really important principle of inclusion is equity, not necessarily equality. I think one of the things that we need to attend to when we're looking at barriers to inclusion is to understanding where those barriers exist. And one of the things that we can do in early childhood settings is to understand the context of the work that we're doing and also understand where we're doing it and who we're doing it with. So all over the country, people's barriers to inclusion are going to be very different depending on where they live, what communities they live in, and the kinds of circumstances they find themselves in. So I think it's really worth thinking about this in relation to yourselves as service providers and educators. The only way that you're going to really be able to identify the barriers to inclusion for children that you work with is to understand their lived experience and to understand knowing where they live, knowing what they're facing and applying your professional approach to them in terms of access and participation to the things that they're experiencing. It might be geography, it might be family circumstances, it might be finance, it might be a family that are being cared for by their grandparents. We don't know what those individual circumstances are. What we do know is we've got some really strong early childhood principles that we can apply to attend to those things for the families that we're working with. It's been lovely talking to you about these barriers to inclusion today, Nicole. I know we're going to be talking to you some more in some of these podcasts going forward. 
and we look forward to talking to you a little bit later on about play. But if I could just summarise some of the things that we've talked about so people might be able to just scoop up some of the key points from this chat we've had to you today. One of the things that you highlighted at the beginning is information sharing. How do you notify people about the work that you do and how can people walk past your service and know it's a place that that's for them? And you talked about the importance of information sharing and you also talked about the context of the children and families in terms of the community that they live in and their life experience. So the context is important. You talked about being respectful and you also talked about equity and differential intervention. Some children need more than others. Some children need different things. I think those four key things are really good grabs from this conversation that we've had with you today. And we really appreciate your time helping us explore some of those barriers. And we look forward to talking to you again soon on some other aspects of inclusion that I'm sure we'd be really happy to hear from you about. Thanks so much. Thank you to all of our listeners for tuning into this episode. I hope that this has given you some food for thought and some practical examples of how you can move past exclusion in your settings. In our next episode, we look forward to talking about how we can build strong teams to foster inclusion. You've been listening to Access, Participation and Positive Outcomes, a podcast about inclusion in early childhood. The copyright of this podcast is owned by Early Childhood Australia and all rights are reserved. The ECA podcast is available anywhere you might listen to podcasts, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Stitcher, Overcast and Pocket Cast. <laughs>